Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode number 395, we are not going to mom alone when it comes to parenting sensitive and intense kids. I am welcoming back on the show, Lynn Jackson, and this time she's brought a friend, Lydia Rex. I will do things like, I imagine Jesus in the room. And what would Jesus say if he were right here watching the chaos unfold? And the more that I start to believe those heart messages of God is right here with me, he has so much grace for my child and for me. I just messed up. God has grace for me. That enables me then to get back in the game with my child, to maybe do a do-over, get into the healing cycle with my child where my responses bring healing and bring regulation instead of adding fuel to the fire. If you've been around the podcast a while, then you've heard one or two or maybe three episodes I've done with Jim and Lynn Jackson of Connected Families. They're one of my favorite resources to share with y'all when it comes to the area of discipline. They also cover entitlement and sibling conflict through their amazing framework. They also do parent coaching. Lynn coached Bruce and I in a season when we needed some support. Today, they have a new offering that I'm thrilled to get to share with you. It is for parenting sensitive and intense kids. And this is something Lynn has been working on for a long time. It comes from her passion and working with families through her occupational therapy practice. And I am particularly interested as a parent of a sensitive and intense child myself. I I'm so thrilled that this course is available. And as a Don't Mom Alone listener, please stick around at the end. I have a special code to get you a discount on that course if you can relate as well. Lynn's heart is to combine her knowledge from the Connected Families framework with what she knows about neurodivergent children to help parents stay connected and not be discouraged, to not be stuck, and for kids to get the message of grace and love and safety and their brains so that they can move forward and learn and have positive experiences. So thrilled to share it with you. Lynn has invited her associate Lydia Rex on the show as well. She is a parent of a sensitive and intense child and it's a great conversation. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Oh, my stars. <laughs> Lynn, Lydia, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Lynn, I know this is not your first rodeo, but Lydia, it is. And I'm thrilled to have you both on today. Thank you. We are so excited to be here. I've been bragging about you to Lydia. <laughs> oh, well, and if y'all are listening for like, you, you've never listened to the podcast before, Lynn and her husband, Jim, have been on the show multiple times. And then Lynn has been on the show in 2019 and 2020, talking about grace and truth and sensory how to work with our kids who have sensory issues. And so we will link to those in the show notes, but literally I was like, this is our seventh time recording, maybe your ninth episode. I mean, Lynn, you need a jacket or something. You need like a Don Mamalone jacket, like they give an SNL for a return guest. Yeah. Yes. But y'all need to check all that out. Lynn and Jim have connected families, which is such, it was the first parenting resource I came across that integrated the Bible and how I wanted to parent and then still held the line on, yeah, we still need to direct and correct. We can't just 
willy nilly and let kids be and say, oh, I'm showing them grace. So it was this great combo for me. I wish I'd had when my kids were even younger, but y'all go check that out. If you are looking for help and you want to get on the same page with your spouse, with discipline and all the things. But today we're talking about something new that Lynn and Lydia have put together and it is parenting sensitive and intense kids, which woo wee. There I mean, is I can't. I need help of that right now. Yeah. So. Oh, really? Oh, oh really? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to, yeah, talk more about that. So who do you have in mind when you're thinking about writing this course, Lynn? Well, I'm really having in mind the parent that knows they have a sensitive and intense child. And the child may or may not have a diagnosis, but the parent, parents' gut feelings about their kids are really accurate. And when we use that phrase around parents, they're parents that their eyes light up going, yes, that's my child. And I've known that something was different. And, and we wanted to use a phrase that is just more general, not like there's something wrong with your child, because sensitivity and intensity can be such great qualities, but they're, they're tough for kids who have those qualities. So anyway, yeah. so it's parents that know. <laughs> I want to know, and I, and I know a little bit, but why are you so passionate and have you've really taken your time? to write this out over the last two years and work on the production so that it's really high quality. Like, why are you so passionate personally about this? Well, I've actually been pulling together material for five or 10 years <laughs> <laughs> um, because I'm an occupational therapist. And so I worked in a clinic with kids with sensory and behavior challenges and just saw the struggle and the heartache in their parents and the and the the confusion and the discouragement. And so I just got passionate. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> see it. In, yeah, it's real. I mean when you see the distress and the mm -hmm. disconnection and, and even in the child, when they start to feel like they're the problem, yeah, yes. it's bringing up tears for you. I see that. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. So, um, and then my coaching experience has really helped with that too, of giving me confidence in I'm learning lots of things that really help these parents as well. So both my therapy career and my parent coaching career have contributed and then increased my passion for this. And then, okay, we've got Lydia. So how did y'all come together and work on this to, to team up? Well, it's kind of a God story, I think, because I was initially working with a PhD psychologist and she was kind of mentoring me for some of the beginning sessions. And then she just had some health crises and, and told me she couldn't do the recording with me. And I was devastated. So then I thought, okay, I'm not going to be a talking head. <clears throat> I'm going to incorporate lots of parent videos mm -hmm. and interview lots of people. And they'll be my co-hosts, so to speak. So I put that plan in motion, which is has been fabulous. But then we hired Lydia as an extra parent coach. And I went, oh my gosh, she would be perfect. So... It's been a, a a journey of watching God shape this course. And now we have the best of both worlds of like about 130 video clips of parents sharing their story interspersed throughout the course. And we have this wonderful young mom who's in the thick of it with her kids and also has a medical background. So 
That's so Lydia, yeah. So tell us how old are your kids and, and what is that medical background? Yeah. So I'm a registered nurse. Okay. So uh, yeah, Lynn went from her, her PhD helper for the course. <laughs> Lydia, registered nurse. <laughs> hey, no small parts, um, no small people. No. Right in the thick of it, I've got a almost eight year old and a 10 and a half year old and a new puppy. So no. And boys, girls, uh, son and a daughter. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I remember it came up at some point, Lydia, you're going to record the course with Lynn. And I thought, what? I am? I don't remember talking about this at all, but yes, 100%. I'm on board. This is the most exciting thing. So oh. yeah, pretty fun that we ended up getting to do this. And I think Lynn and I have a great, uh, we just have a great back and forth. We have a great chemistry. Yeah. Chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. Chemistry. Yes. For sure. Synergy, all those words. All the words. So, okay, let's get into it. Maybe someone, like you said, their eyes are, their ears are tuned in. <laughs> Maybe not their eyes, but their ears are perked up because when you said, or I said sensitive and intense child, they were like, or they even saw the title. Like, yeah, that resonates with my experience. And I know there's a spectrum of this, right? Mm-hmm. And some people would think their child is sensitive and intense and another mom would come along at a play date and be like, are you kidding me? My child is way more sensitive and way more intense, but how would you describe it? Like, and is it a clinical diagnosis? Yeah. So sensitive and intense is kind of meant to be this wide umbrella. could be a child who's a little bit more sensitive, has an intense personality, High intensity kids tend to be high energy, emotional, reactive, maybe a little on the combative side. A sensitive and intense child could also be a child who's been through some trauma, a child who is in foster care, adopted, could be any number of clinical diagnoses, you know, everything from physical to behavioral, educational, all of that comes under the umbrella of a sensitive and intense child. So whether or not there's a diagnosis or it's just a parent who's thinking, boy, something feels off here. And I know everybody's saying, oh, he's just all boy. He's just all boy. Oh, my kids are just like that. If you have that gut feeling as a parent, like Lynn said, boy, something seems just a little tougher here. Mm -hmm. This is the course for you. And so many families are struggling with this now. Stephen Porges, PhD, said there are increasing numbers of kids whose nervous systems are being retuned to a chronic state of threat. And this has exploded, particularly since 2012. Um, Anxiety in kids and teens nearly doubled between 2012 and 2018. And the COVID pandemic skyrocketed that again by 64%, where almost one in five kids have significant difficulty with anxiety. I've heard that phrase neurodivergent. Mm -hmm. Would that fit into this? Like your neurology is causing you to feel like you're in fight or flight more often and struggle to get kind of out of it. Yes. Right. That the nervous system is tuned towards fight or flight. And so there's just a, a higher kind of chronic stress and anxiety in these kids that they, they just are struggling with. So what would that look like in a home? You know, where would the challenges be for a parent who has a sensitive and intense child? Yeah, I'll turn this over to Lydia too, but, uh, you know, just any child that has trouble just kind of easily going through their day, Mm -hmm. you know, waking up might be a a real challenge. 
eating a reasonable selection of food could be a big challenge. Uh, just emotional outbursts, uh, increased fears and anxieties of, you know, like there's a lot of kids who just are struggling to go back to school after the pandemic. Lydia, what would you add to that? Because you are living that. Yeah, just uh, families feel alone. They feel like I'm different from other families. And, you know, we were we were foster parents and then adopted. And traditional parenting strategies that work with other kids are not cutting it with this, um, you know, sensitive child or this child who's been through um, some more trauma, things like that. And so you've got families who are like, we know some things not to do, but we're not sure what to do instead. And it seems like we're kind of spinning our wheels here sometimes. And I can imagine that it impacts even their feelings toward their child. Like, I don't know, especially if it's one of many in your home and you're just like, I would rather spend time with these other children than this mm -hmm. one who is constantly causing quote unquote problems. Or they feel like this is just forever. We are stuck. This is never changing. Mm -hmm. There's probably a lot that impacts their relationship and wanting to be with them and they're in stress. So you often talk about this stress cycle that families can get stuck in. Talk to me about that. Like explain what that is and why is it this cycle that happens in families who have kids who are sensitive and intense? Well, there's often some sort of underlying stress that causes this child to be stuck in sort of this fight or flight, chronic stress, anxiety. You know, there's lots of different things that could be going on, like sensory sensitivity, just a sensitive temperament, uh, like Lydia said, the trauma or learning differences, um, struggling with things like sleep, diet, and screens. Uh, it can be a number of things that, that retune this nervous system towards threat. And then neuroplasticity changes the brain. It's about changes in the brain. So the fight or flight system begins to grow in size, reactivity, and dominance. So then it's that's where that hair trigger <laughs> can kind of develop where parents are just thinking, this is such a small issue. Why do we have trouble with it every single day? So as that fight or flight system grows in size, reactivity, and dominance, then parents start to feel out of control. They don't know what to do. And a natural reaction is to try to be more controlling, but then that is a threat to the child. And so it gets a bigger reaction. And so it can just become this cycle of interaction between the parent and child, all the while that the child is growing kind of a negative identity. You know, it's not safe for me. Everyone is against me. I'm a bad kid. And then that feeds chronic stress and anxiety. So it can just become a spiral and parents, you know, don't feel equipped to, to reverse that spiral. Well, and I know for myself, like I had a situation last night. I know Lynn's <laughs> coached me. She knows who I'm talking about. Same child, same problems. And it was an interaction that with other children in my home would have been seamless and reasonable. And <laughs> there was no logic. There was a lot of intense feelings and mm -hmm. it's the end of the day. And so what did I do? I matched the intense feelings, which then brought up more intense feelings. And then here we are 
stacking on top of the intense feelings and disconnecting. And I'm like, forget it. And I just walk out of the room because I, I cannot reason when they're in that fight or flight, you cannot reason someone out of it. Mm-hmm. They are not in their logical part of their brain, Correct. all in the sensory part. And I'm going to say something that's not nice if I stick around. Okay. <laughs> not nice. So it feels like I'm then abandoning, but if I stick around, I'm just going to make it worse unless I have some calmer sense, but I know my body's going into fight or flight too. Mm -hmm. So if you're a sensitive parent parenting, a sensitive and intense (laughs) kid, this can feel real stuck. It does. Yeah. And that's one of the the beauty uh, of having Lydia in the course is because she is just walking through those kind of situations. So Lydia, what would you share (laughs) as an example of how you've recovered from? Yeah. Give us some hope. Like, I feel like it's hard. I mean, hopefully I'm not the only one. Lydia is not the only one. We have people listening that they can relate. We are not alone, even though we want to believe we are. So we need hope though, because it really feels like, nope, this is forever. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, what's funny is the more I've learned about sensitive and intense kids, the more I've realized how sensitive and intense I am. <laughs> Go figure, right? Play off of each other. And the reality is, so when we are responding to our kids differently with the empathy, with the love, no matter what, you're safe with me that we are able to co-regulate with them, right? Their brain actually uses our brain to settle down and get back to a regulated place. But if I'm dysregulated and things are going crazy in my brain, this is where I need the Lord. This has actually been probably the sweetest part of my relationship with the Lord is as I've seen how he has walked with me in those tough moments with my sensitive, intense child, I will do things like, I imagine Jesus in the room. And what would Jesus say if he were right here watching the chaos unfold? And the more that I start to believe those heart messages of God is right here with me. He has so much grace for my child and for me. I just messed up. God has grace for me. That enables me then to get back in the game with my child to maybe do a do-over, get into the healing cycle with my child where my responses bring healing and bring regulation instead of adding fuel to the fire, right? So sometimes it just looks like I sit down next to my child and close my eyes and just breathe for a minute. Sometimes it is walking out of the room, getting a drink of water. I am going to be right back. I got to take care of my body right now. Things like that. Usually it really helps me to stop talking. (laughs) Just focus on what's going on with my body, with my child's body. How can I give that physical closeness and just kind of zip it for a little bit? Yeah. (laughs) One thing I've noticed with my kids who are more sensitive and intense is the people who make a difference. The people who see beyond their neurodivergence and who really invest in them are changing the trajectory of my kids. And so if you are running a company, wouldn't it be incredible if you found more of these life-changing people right when you needed them? Well, I'd love to introduce you to Indeed if you are hiring because they are the platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. 
Don't spend hours on lots of different job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. You're going to find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like their Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. If you hate waiting, Indeed's U.S. data shows that over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. And what I love is their instant match. When you sponsor a job or a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match your job description. You can invite them to apply right away. And the candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in a search. So they do the hard work for you. Over 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed. So Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com DMA to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com DMA, Indeed.com DMA. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. If you need a hire, you need Indeed. And I hear you, you're, you're using a lot of the language. If y'all aren't familiar with the connected families framework, that, that whole, the messaging that builds up to, I think we always are like, do what I say, it's just like behave, but there are steps and places of connection that happen where trust is built. So then when you you know, are giving instruction or there's a responsibility, they're in relationship and then the, they are doing the things that we hope that they do. Right. Mm-hmm. So when, yeah, when their brain gets those messages of you are safe with me and you're loved no matter what, that enables their brain to come all the way back online, get that frontal lobe engagement, that regulation happens. And then they're in this place where they really can learn yeah. They really can be coached by a parent and and grow the skills that they need to do better next time and to start to decrease some of the big challenges. Well, and I love that imagery of Jesus in there because I think it's reinforcing to me as a parent that I am safe and I am loved by some higher power outside of this situation. And because some of that messaging that can take mm-hmm. us offline in our own reaction is I'm doing something wrong as a parent that you're acting this way. And I really am feeling shame about it. And so I'm coming at you and attacking you to be different because I'm feeling so bad. Mm -hmm. But if I can reignite with my own healing with Jesus, I become that safe place because I am feeling safe. Mm -hmm. For sure. And that's why we recognize how much Shame is an issue in this dynamic, both for parents and kids. And we address that directly in the course. There's soul care videos for parents. And then there's a whole segment on diminishing shame in kids, healing shame in kids. But, you know, when you're in the thick of it with your kids, it can just be so overwhelming. But that's where just regrouping and doing a do-over is a powerful way to show God's grace. And Lydia, would you share that story about the hiking? The difference oh, yeah. between day one and day two on hiking? Yeah. <laughs> hiking. It's a great Woo. example of how to regroup when you've just blown it. 
Yeah. Side note, what we've discovered with our sensitive and intense child is the most restful vacations are the vacations where we are hiking, swimming, you know, like we are out there in nature just doing the stuff. But we were on this trip and we had hiked with our kids one day. It went great. The next day, my little one's you know, running up ahead, getting off the trail, getting too close to the road. I'm freaking out. Like, I got to keep my kids safe. And I, I'd been kind of stern with him. And he was just got more what I viewed as he's being belligerent. And, um, you know, I finally kind of caught up with him. And I, I was like, you have to hold my hand now. And he was all grumpy. And I realized he, I didn't connect with him. You know, here I'm barking out orders and, and he's reacting with shame and embarrassment. And so I picked him up and I, you know, just, just held him for a minute. And I whispered in his ear, I was like, oh, this is, this is kind of tough, isn't it? And you love to hike and you love to, to be ahead and you're so excited. And I was like, you know, let's, let's try again. Let's be a team to stay safe. And when he felt her, like, that he recognized, oh, mom knows I'm excited and I'm, I am trying that immediately shifted his attitude. And all of a sudden he's reminding me to make sure that we're holding hands and just joyful, happy. We did lots of little hand squeezes along the way. And it was so clear to me, like he actually was open to being coached when I did that connection, when I had that little do-over moment with him where we had that empathy and we just tried again. So yeah, is that the story you were thinking of, Lynn? Yes. yes Lynn knows a lot of stories from my house. <laughs> I do. And that's why I'm so excited that we're in this together. <laughs> well, and I mean, I love that he was responsive and was able to then be flexible and a little bit of resilience and like wanting to try again. I think right. we, no, that's not always the that's case. not always okay. true. Yeah. Like yeah. my, I have a child that we call it rock brain. Like you, like it is his way or the highway. And part of that is that feeling unsafe, like mm -hmm. that fight or flight doing the protection thing. You're asking me to do something on a vacation or just if our schedule is not exactly the same, that I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know what's required of me. And mm -hmm. so I'm going to push back and push against because I'm protecting myself, but it can be hard. <laughs> so how do you help them grow and flex? I mean, those are big words, flexibility and resilience. Yeah. Right. Well, um, you know, as Lydia's alluded to relationship really is the key of to the best that you're able to lead your child with grace. Um, they begin to form new pathways. So sometimes that looks like just waiting for a teachable moment later. You know, like Jesus was very aware of the sibling conflict going on behind him on the way to Capernaum, but he didn't say a thing until the disciples got there. Mm -hmm. And then he still didn't address it he, while well, he asked him, what were you talking about on the way here? And they said, oh, nothing, because they didn't want to admit it. But when he got to a situation where he could teach, he took a child in his arm and blessed that child and taught about humility and service. And he totally addressed what had gone on before, but without a big explosive, you guys are so selfish. You're just acting like children. <laughs> so 
our heart to look for teaching opportunities can be a big piece. And then just staying in a calm place without giving in to the demands, because that's really important, you know, staying in a calm place until your child can kind of settle and you can gradually guide them with some questions, some choices about what else would help them. But it's, it's initially, it takes just a lot of grace to stay in an okay place while your child gradually matches your brain state. So if they're being inflexible Mm -hmm. and you are like, no, we really need to go do this thing. Like you need to stand up and we need to go. And they're refusing. Mm -hmm. That feels impossible. Sure. (laughs) It feels so So hard. Usually those are situations that are repeated like, here we go again. You know, it's that stuff doesn't usually catch parents by surprise as much as it's like, oh yeah, this is kind of how it goes when we try to get out of the house. And so figuring out what does my child need so that this transition is not so stressful for them. And what sensory activity do they need to prepare their brain for this challenging transition? What object could they hold while we're moving out to the car? What snack might have a double duty of getting food in their tummy and giving them some oral motor calming while we're trying to move? Is there even a uh, aromatherapy scent? Like rosemary is great for transition. So I'm just going to take a deep smell Call my nervous system, offer it to my kids to prepare them. Hey, you want to sniff this on the way out? Could be just lots of different things, but thinking through ahead of time. Okay, my child often struggles with things that are sudden shifts or changes. How can I back up and kind of develop a little routine that just makes it easier for them? More of a just right challenge for them to make this shift. Yeah. And then if the consistency is, you know, at some point they will just shut down, like they consistently shut down when pushed too hard. Mm-hmm. I, I know personally, like I'd give, have to give space for that. Yes. Like I have to be ready to let go of my own plan or even pull back from demands. If that child is shutting down is that okay to do like, or is that not teaching them resilience? Because it's like, no, you've got to bounce back. You don't get to just shut down whenever you want to shut down. Like how does a parent navigate that? Is it okay? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, If you try to force your child when they are in fight or flight, if you manage to power over them, you've taught them to submit to angry power. Mm -hmm. So giving them space, trying to figure out what might help them in that space And then afterwards, instead of focusing on, it took us 15 minutes to get out to the car, you can focus on, wow, you got a little space and you calmed down and you made that tough transition. That was awesome. We worked as a team. I gave you some space. I brought you a little smoothie to suck on, which by the way, is very calming. Yeah. Um, Especially if they have inner, if they have inner ear like sensory issues, like vestibular stuff. It's right. very like that suction. Yeah. It's good. It's good. 
speech therapist. Well, and the OT, like the OT told us. Yeah, that's really good. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, so then you focus on the success and it's that that is empowers a child to just be able to recreate that success a little faster the next time. Yeah, I do think it is acknowledging the wins for that child. Mm -hmm. Like I've noticed, I think sometimes I go into a situation, let's say it's a holiday or we went to an amusement park over Christmas and my expectations of how this child will respond kind of low and he beat expectations. There was one time when he shut down and he recovered while we went on a ride. That felt like a win compared to other times we've gone and there's been shut down for hours. So I think it's acknowledging to the child, like, wow, that was a really successful day. And we had a lot of fun. And I think them hearing there's growth, you know, even if it's not how your other kids are not comparing to the other kids, but comparing to that child's growth. Yeah. We talk about, um, what's the just right challenge. How can you give them the support they need to make it, and there's actually research on this, about 80 to 85% likely <laughs> that they'll be able to succeed because then it's still a challenge, but they're they're practicing helpful brain pathways as they're meeting the challenge. So that's a, that's a big piece of it too, is trying to figure out, okay, where's my child at? I kind of sense, ooh, this is a little tougher day. I'm gonna slow down a little bit, give more support, grab that bag of pretzels as we head to the car or whatever it is, you know, sensing your child's level and then giving the support that they need. We all know that everything is getting more expensive. And particularly when it comes to grocery shopping, one thing that is helping me save money is Thrive Market. I know I've shared them with you before, but not only does it come straight to my door, which is a huge time saver, and I can get my essentials for the house and my groceries really quickly, especially because it saves what I've ordered in the past. It also allows me to save a huge percent, like I just got more vanilla, 44% off, or these, (laughs) I told you about them before, these dark chocolate baking chips, which I've been using, and they're delicious, they're sugar-free, and they were 34% off. So Also, I don't know if you've tried it out, but you can search and filter through their website or their app. They have 70 different filters. So you can look for certified gluten-free or non-toxic cleaning essentials, whatever things you're looking for specifically, you can curate your own little experience so easily. I also love when you join Thrive Market, you're helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. When you join, they give. So join Thrive Market today. Get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash DMA for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash DMA, thrivemarket.com slash DMA. One aspect of parenting sensitive and intense kids that's challenging is we carry the burden and the weight of not knowing what life will look like long-term. We are worried about how they will become adults and what will their adulthood look like. Well, another thing that weighs on our mind is the financial responsibility as parents. And that's why I'm thankful to introduce you to Fabric because Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less 
than 10 minutes. Their lower prices could save you significantly over other providers. They can have policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. It takes, like I said, less than 10 minutes to apply. You can see your quote and personalize your quote to fit your family's needs. And you could be offered coverage instantly with no health exam required. They've partnered with Gerber Life, which is trusted by millions of families like yours for over 50 years. And they have over 1,600 five-star reviews on trustpilot.com. So you can feel confident that you're getting a high quality policy that's perfect for your family. And Fabric has a 30-day money-back guarantee. You can cancel at any time. And it was specifically designed to give parents like you affordable term life insurance plus wills, access to college saving funds, and more tools to help protect your family's financial future, all in one easy online experience. If you want to protect your family today with Fabric by Gerber Life, apply in just 10 minutes at meetfabric.com slash DMA. That's meetfabric.com slash DMA, M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash DMA. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states, prices subject to underwriting and health questions. So you mentioned the smoothie and you Mm -hmm. mentioned the aromatherapy. What are some other sensory strategies that help sensitive and intense kids? And like, can you give more examples? Like you talked about leaving the house, but where are there other places in the day or like the pretzels, the crunching? I'm a big crunchy yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. person. Well, I want to throw this one to, to Lydia, not because I don't have experience with that because she's got really fresh experience in her home. <laughs> she's using them right now. Yep. You know, people laugh at me because one of my... Big go-to sensory thing for me is snacks around here. Snacks are always a win and the crunchy snacks. We almost never sit down to do schoolwork without a snack nearby. Gum is really great. Just those those things that are kind of quick, easy to do in the moment, uh, the deep pressure hugs, even having a child sit on your lap so you're kind of giving them some gentle pressure while they're doing their homework you know, anything that's big muscle movement. For us, if we have some screen time, I know we're gonna need to go on a bike ride or bounce on the bounce house or go swimming or something to help get some regulation after that. So those are some of the things that are going on on the daily at my house. And then we've got lots of really specific stuff in the course. If bedtime is an issue, lots of ideas around that. If meal times are a struggle, tons of ideas around that. So. In the course, you'll find, you know, that really specific stuff as well as some things that are kind of globally helpful, uh, like some of that deep pressure input that you can give to kids. Do you think that parents, if they're having concerns about their child being sensitive and tense, should have their child evaluated by an OT to find out the specific needs for that child or so for their own sensory diet? Or do you think you just try like maybe on that spectrum, it's not as intense and there's not a comorbid diagnosis. So they're just maybe trying out a few, like what's the best approach for a parent who's like wanting some of those techniques? Does Mm -hmm. it need to be official diagnosis or do they try some things out and see what works for their kids? I think that relates to their level of desperation. If they feel like, oh, I know this guy's got (laughs) extra challenges in life. They can just go to our website, connectedfamilies.org, and we have a whole 
a segment of our website, page of our website about sensitive and intense kids. And there's a header article that will help parents sort through whether it might be more sensory sensitivity or sensitive temperament or whatever. But if a parent feels like this is traumatic for everybody in the family right now, an OT evaluation is just a really good idea as well. And it's helped a lot of parents making sure that you request a therapist that really focuses on sensory processing challenges. Because there can be, I mean, I know for us, there were certain areas of the sensory system that were more sensitive and some that were less and needed more input. And so that Mm -hmm. can vary kid to kid and system to system. And so I found it really helpful for me, but we were at a desperate place. So um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I think that's a great advice, like how desperate you are. And there's so much more information now, like Mm -hmm. in tools that you can get that an OT can point you to, or that this site can point you to that you can buy on Amazon. It's fantastic. I mean, we got all the things. Okay. We got all the things. We have this thing that looks like they're a pillow and a pillowcase. Have you seen this? Mm-hmm. It's it's like a stretchy material body sack oh, yeah. and they can body go in sack. and button themselves in and you can even throw extra pillows in it. Like if they need even more pressure and that thing, although it seems like it's revving them up for a moment, all of that joint compression that's happening, there's calm. Like we've done that before bedtime before when he was younger and yeah, the weighted blankets, everyone talks about everybody loves those, right? Mm-hmm. Some kids don't You can get lycra sheets that are lighter and those had that. It's kind of like a body sock around the bed. Those See, are really slick too. He was sleeping under his fitted sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can, as they get older, you, you can start to see where they're choosing and they recognize what their body needs. And that's a gift yes. too. Right. Yeah. Do this work. Most of us adults, those of us who are are kind of sensory ourselves, we have things that we do that are soothing. We have favorite snacks. We have the go-to walk or the music or the things that bring us regulation. And so that's kind of the goal for our kids as they grow is that they're going to know how to care for their bodies well. Mm -hmm. Uh, One question I have about, like, we've talked a lot about the sensory with the intense. Sometimes that's not necessarily a sensory. That's just like a really... I want to say big personality, but a very strong personality and your wording in connected family is a a gift gone awry. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about that because that can be real hard to parent, especially if that's not you, if that causes constant stress to you, that you're maybe a peacemaker or like someone who would never yell or show extreme emotions. So those extreme emotions feel like an attack all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And sometimes I think that's related to that sensitive temperament of just having bigger feelings than most people do. And, you know, sometimes those those kids are super perceptive about relationships and dynamics and quick to um, feel rejection. There's actually something called rejection sensitive dysphoria where kids will react in big ways to perceived rejections that other other children might kind of roll through. So that, yeah, that is a a different challenge. 
Mm-hmm. And I actually had one of those and then two more sensory kits. <laughs> um, but there's a, a tool that we talk about in the course that really applies to lots of those more cognitive emotional things where it's kind of belief based instead of sensory based. And it's helping kids uh, utilize a tool that we just call trash, truth and treasure, where what am I believing about this situation that might be trash? that I could just like throw out right now once I figure, oh, that's not true. You know, like this person at school that's been unkind to me, like it's trash that they have the ability to determine my value. Mm. (laughs) And what's the truth in the situation? The truth is this is tough. I'm having some hard times at school, but I can get through this. And then what's the treasure? The treasure is that God is with me in this. He has predetermined my value and he can equip me not to react to this person that's bugging me. So this trash truth treasure is a very flexible tool that can help these kids that are just more reactive and big personality and and quick to explode be more thoughtful and cognitive about the situations that they're reacting to. And that kind of talking through, I'm guessing happens once they get back and what my friend Krista says is the window of tolerance. Like they have regulated out of their fight or flight Mm -hmm. with the intense kids. It may not be sensory, but do you, I've seen examples where you let them smash something in the backyard or punch pillows or kind of get the aggression out. What are your feelings about that? We actually have an article about that. Should I encourage my child to punch a pillow or something like that? And um, there's research that shows if that's physically releasing anger in like an angry, I want to punch this thing or hit a punching bag or kick at something out of my anger that that sort of reinforces that anger emotion. But what, you know, what works better is to just do a big motor activity that can involve some fun. So maybe we start by, wow, you're really frustrated. Let's go take a run around the block and you can tell me about it. And then maybe we'll take hit some soccer balls when we get back um, so that there, there's a big physical outlet but it's not focused on, I'm going to punch something because what am I imagining that thing is? And then it's reinforcing it in my brain. Hmm. That's really good. So Lydia, you've been working through this with your own kids and what have been some of the biggest shifts? I mean, you've kind of talked through examples, but how have you seen as a family whole, it shifted your family? Yeah. So I think a lot of us as parents, we have this kind of paradigm that says, if I'm a good parent, then this is going to be the outcome. If I deal with this outburst well, or if I deal with this behavior struggle well, then this is going to happen. My child's behavior is going to turn around and we're depending on, you know, our child's behavior to tell us that we're being a good parent. And this big shift of God's grace for everyone brings freedom for us to all be learning and growing instead of having this fear-filled kind of urgency to get it right. So I'm a lot more okay with making mistakes and, and messing up. And, you know, as Lynn was talking earlier about 
just kind of the curiosity that it takes to be like, you know, why is this thing always kind of tough for my child? It takes being able to operate in freedom and grace to be able to have that thoughtfulness. Because I can think back to a couple of years ago when I was desperately trying to fix the problems going on in our household. And I was trying to get to a better place with my kids. And, you know, seeing how God is working, even in the messiness, seeing how I can send my kids those framework messages, I can respond with grace. And even if the meltdown continues for another 30 minutes, even if the meltdown ends with something getting thrown across the room or, or you know, you know how these things go. It doesn't yeah. always button up all nicely. You know, I, oh, I followed the framework, so it worked out perfectly. No, sometimes <laughs> it's really messy, but I can be confident that as I am sending those biblical, grace-filled, Jesus-centered messages to my child of that safety, that love, that capability, over time, those shifts are going to happen. And I've seen it happen. And that's what I have to remind myself of, of on the tough days, right? Because we always want to go back to control when we're feeling scared and anxious. It's like, oh, I need to control this. But um, that freedom to learn and grow, we're all learning here. This is tough, but we're going to get through this uh, is something that I say to myself a lot. And then the belief that God is going to use what's going on for his good purposes. My child's sensitivities, their intenseness, the the way that, that God formed them. He did that on purpose. It wasn't this big old test to see if like, oh, let's see if Lydia can handle this. It's like, no, God created this amazing child for some really good stuff. And starting to see the glimpses of that, you mentioned the gift gone awry. Our sensitive and intense kids have just spectacular gifts. And when you start to have an eye for that, it brings so much hope and just energy to your parenting. I just recently had a really rough day with, with my um, one of my kiddos. And when I was putting him to bed, you know, we finally got to this kind of peaceful moment. And I said, can I give you a blessing before you go to sleep? And he said, will you bless me with kindness? And just oh, like, that was, that was what he was asking for. And I'm like, ah, I love this precious heart in there. It's just amazing. So yeah. Does that answer the question? I think I could well, talk about this for a long time. <laughs> what I hear you saying is it's a lot less about what your child, I mean, yes, you're seeing these, you know, Lynn says it's like a, a giant steamboat that you're turning, but yes, the barge, barge, a barge, barge, not a steamboat, a barge. But I hear it's your transit. It's your experience of this child. It's your perspective. It's your growth. It's your relationship with Jesus. And I'm all about that. Like as moms, this journey of sanctification, it's a gift, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We are becoming holier as we experience And we are healing too. Yeah. I yes. would have never stepped into some of the places of healing that God has brought to me were it not for coming to the end of my rope as a parent sometimes. And so when I meet families who describe a really intense or challenging child, I think, oh, this child is God's gift to you. He's got such great things in store for your child and for you. That heart healing is for our kids. It's for us. And that's what really gets me excited. 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. One of the illustrations I share in the Grace and Truth for Moms course is we all want the helicopter ride to the top of perfect parenting mountain <laughs> where we are wise and calm all the time and our children are wise and calm all the time. But if we got that helicopter ride, we would miss the learning and growth and intimacy with Jesus that happens as we hold his hand through the ups and the downs and the over the rocks and through the mud and through the streams and through all the things that we're going to experience on the journey upward towards greater peace and connection in our family. And the key there is holding his hand. Yes, holding his hand. And he doesn't want us to miss that. No, I mean, and I just heard an example like faith being this gripping. So this not trying to grip other things, like not trying to grip my efforts, not trying to grip my perfect response, not trying to mm-hmm. this book I just read, like even the course, like if the course isn't pointing people to hold Jesus's hand, then even the course doesn't help. But I will say sure. there's lots of courses out there. I want to hear what makes it unique. And we're going to put links to it in the show notes. So tell everybody, I know our time's pretty much up, but <laughs> tell, everybody, tell everybody a little bit about it and what makes it different. Well, it really is an integration of brain science about psychology, sensory function, child development, and um, trauma-sensitive insights mixed with biblical grounding. We wanted it to be grace-filled and shame-healing, refreshing for you. That's why there's soul care resources in there. We just really wanted it to be comprehensive, borrowing from the best perspectives of both science and scripture and ministering to parents' hearts, because that's what is so necessary in this tough journey. So we talked about the 130 parent video stories. So you're going to feel like these people are your friends by the time you're done. And I did one too, right? Yes, you are in it. You got to see Heather in it. I'm in it sometimes. I know. Did I cry? I probably cried. Lynn and I both cried. I can tell you that for sure. Yes. There's a lot of of emotions that come with this situation. Well, I appreciate y'all. I'm so thankful that you are doing this work. I know that it, as you did cry at the beginning, Lynn, this means a lot to you personally and um, just your heart for parents to not feel hopeless and stuck, but to have that, you're holding out that hand of hope and you are giving them a lift up, not just I identify with you, but here is a way up and out. Um, and so thank you for being with me today. I think y'all are amazing. Thank you. Thanks, this Heather. As sweet as I knew it would be. <laughs> well, I'm excited to point people to the course and for more healing and hope to happen. So thank you. Thanks, Heather. Glad to be here. So in Lynn's course, it's seven sessions. You're going to learn how to move out of the stress cycle into a healing cycle. They call the whole process the road to hope. I've already watched some of the videos and they're really fantastic. They are going to help bring life and change the game for you. You are going to be able to confidently say, I better understand what's going on with my child. It's all starting to make sense. My compassion for my sensitive child has grown so much. Go to the link in our show notes and make sure you use the coupon code 15SK for 15% off the Sensitive and Intense Kids online course. 
And once you register, you will have instant access to session one. And the rest of the course will be available on March 6th. So that code is basically 1515, S, capital S, capital K, for sensitive kids, for 15% off. And you will be able to watch right away. And the rest of the course will come March 6th. I know that with all of this, a lot of emotion comes with it and a lot of, um, I think, spiritual warfare around this topic. I think that a lot of our kids who are neurodivergent have such great futures and the enemy wants to steal from that. So I'm going to pray over us. Lord, I thank you that you made each of us so uniquely and you gave certain people a wiring to see the world uniquely. And I pray, Lord, that as parents, you would help us to lean into your Holy Spirit's power and to learn from those who've gone before us so that we can help guide our kids so that they can have identity and worth that is grounded in you and not in how the world responds to them and how and their differences, but in the confidence that comes from knowing you don't make mistakes and that you are constantly wooing and drawing us to yourself, that you are the one who makes all things new. I pray, Lord, that moms and dads who listen to this episode would be filled with hope and know that they're not stuck, that there is always a new day and a new way to interact, and that if they feel like it's too late, that's a lie of the enemy. <laughs> we know over and over in scripture that it was never too late for Abraham, it was never too late for Sarah, that we are always available to your redeeming work as long as we are living on this planet and that you do things even after we've passed, that you are not limited by time and space. And so we thank you, God, that you are always moving and doing and growing for your best interests and for our good. And I pray, Lord, that you would guide us with our kids today, that we could imagine your presence with us and how we engage them. And Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, y'all, thanks so much for joining me today. I am so looking forward to seeing back here next week. I still get some messages that y'all can't download the episode I did with Alisa Keaton. You can always go to my website, don'tmomalone.com, and there is a podcast player there, and you can listen to any show. You can even search the archives. I mean, we're almost to 400 episodes, y'all. You can search the archives. You can listen to anything from there. And uh, of course, you can listen on another podcast player if it's not showing up on iTunes. So uh, I will meet you back here next week. Don't forget, I do have a new book coming out in April, April 18th. And you can pre-order now. It's on Amazon. It's called Right Where You Belong. And it even fits with the topic of this episode um, that, that God has us in unique places and he wants to use us right where we are. So go look that up on Amazon, right where you belong. I'd love if you would uh, support that and be encouraged by it. And I'll see you here next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter, 
to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.